Thank you for joining us for Still Speaking, a podcast from Ivanhoe Congregational Church. No matter who you are or where you are in life's journey, you are welcome here. We are a United Church of Christ in Mundelein, Illinois, and an open and affirming congregation. This podcast aims to explore scripture through conversation with the purpose of discovering new insights and enhancing individual faith practices. God is still speaking, and we are all listening to discern a message for today and deepen our faith. Hello, and thank you for joining us for episode six of the Ivanhoe Congregational Church podcast, Still Speaking. Today's episode is called Growing in God's Love, and it is an example of how conversion stories can provide us lessons in both forgiveness and fresh starts, as well as how we can learn to be in relationships by experiencing how God relates to us. So I would like to introduce Pastor Chris Hewitt, who is here to share with us a scripture from Timothy and talk a little bit about what it might mean. So a little bit of a background introduction first. Um, First, Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus are often referred to as pastoral epistles, letters, pastoral letters, um, because they offer advice on the life and faith and the regulation of church discipline. Now, the author of First Timothy was probably not Paul. Uh, we can see a variety of, of theological f- phrases that, that are common with Paul in his other letters. They're not present in this one. However, the writer uh, seeks to faithfully address new situations with Paul's voice. So thinking about these concerns, these situations are going on in the church, what would Paul have to say to them? So it's really almost like a, a performance of Paul that this writer is, is putting on Paul's uh, persona to try to speak to new situations. However, I want to acknowledge that we don't have it in the scripture today, but in a variety of places in First Timothy, there are uh, concerning, um, some people call them clobber scriptures that are used to demean and to moralize and to um, put down certain segments of our church family, especially um, women. And and our church, uh, proudly, I, I hope we affirm all people, and especially the equality of, of men and women and, and women's ministry. You know, the United Church of Christ was the first to ordain a woman in America. But sadly, whole segments of, of the Christian church continue to not allow female ministers, not ordain women, not see women as equals in, in the leadership of the church. And that, um, that concerns me, that makes me sad. Um, and it often goes back to the scripture that, that women should be silent in church. And, and I just don't understand that personally. And, and I think what we have here often is a context where we're only hearing one half of the conversation. So, so why would you tell women not to speak up in church if there wasn't an issue that they had been speaking up against. So I think through time, that half of the letter or those uh, things that would have been documented have been silenced and have been removed from history, and we just have this one side of the letter, and so it's been continued to be seen as authoritative where it's just half of a conversation. You got anything to say about that I as mean, a woman? That, that's like really deep and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, you know, it's it's new information. It's a really helpful context um, to share my own personal background. I um, grew up in a church that did not have a place for women at the altar, and I did a lot of theater and forensics growing up. And so 
I thought I was pretty good at um, putting interesting tone and inflection on readings. And I would have to sit through service and only the teenage boys could go up and do scripture readings and they would butcher them. And it really turned me off in a lot of ways from what my opportunities were as having a voice as a woman, not just in the church, but it bled over into school and all other areas of life. And I think that that unfortunately for a lot of women, has had a long-lasting impact on our ability to share our thoughts and ideas and opinions. And so I really appreciate your bringing this up. You're sharing the history of UCC. I think that's incredibly powerful. And, um, and I think there's a lot to be said that as we're identifying these scriptures and we're piecing them apart word for word and trying to derive meaning from them, understanding that um, these aren't the full story and I think that that's so key to what this podcast series is about when we're talking about God is still speaking. If this was written in the second century, that's that's how people were interpreting what God was saying then. And now we're in the 21st century and we're still listening and we're still hearing and we're still saying, what does this mean for our lives today in the truest sense that we can? Thank you for sharing that. So so especially today, uh, what the redemptive value I want to find in this is the power of telling stories. So thank you for for sharing part of your story. And I think that's that's the way we always need to find a way to make God's story relevant is seeing the intersection between God's story and our story and and where we can live into that today. So so the the most redemptive part of these pastoral epistles is some beautiful profession of of faith and and in uh, the sovereignty of God. And so contrary to what seems to be a lot of overwhelming elements of, of control and, and the consolidation of a power, we can find a way to, to celebrate the God's power and, and that the true hero of the story is, is the grace that we know through Jesus Christ. So we have uh, before us 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. I'm grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me. Because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But for that very reason, I received mercy so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is a forgiveness story. It's also a transformation story. It's how the power of God can work in our lives to Take somebody who's a sinner and and make them um, not just a believer, but really a leader for others. What are some of the other insights that really stand out for you? Well, I think in terms of that that conversion story, what I always uh, think about when I when I hear that that verse about um, this is true that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. I always hear the echo of John Newton, who's um, conversion story is is the hymn amazing grace that that everybody loves um maybe it's sung too many times at at funerals and such but most people still have a profound experience of that hymn and john newton was once the captain of a slave ship he repented um he became an ordained clergy 
And at the end of his life, he, he said this, although my memory's fading, I remember two things very clearly. I am a great sinner and Christ is a great savior. And, and I just, that always echoes in my mind when I think of, of that verse and, and think of the hymn. And of course, that's, that's how I ended the sermon. Um, and, and the congregation sang amazing grace afterwards. And I just, you know, it's a profound kind of emotional connection, but, but that's, I think that's how conversion stories affect us. Um, you know, there, it's not always a rational thing we can conceive with our intellect. It's most often something that affects our heart, our gut, you know, where faith resides. As we talked about in our last episode, right, the bowels right, right, the bowels. of our love. <laughs> um, I, I love the particular phrasing in this um, version, the grace of our God, of our Lord overflowed for me. That's just such a powerful visual of like right. a waterfall or something and just like the, the force of nature and the impact that um, that grace can have in our lives. And I think that's um, the imagery of, of water connects to baptism, um, you know, washing us clean, making us new. And that's something we can remember every day. Um, Martin Luther used to say that, that, that every day I remember that I'm washed and made new. We can think of that um, you know, in, in the shower, that it's a, a remembrance of, of how that grace overflows and, and washes, you know, yesterday away to give us today a, a new start. I think that's that's the good news of the gospel. That's that's the that that beautiful imagery is something we shouldn't just allow to reside only in in this text. It's something we need to capture and, and have in our imagination uh, every day. I think that's an incredible sentiment and really powerful for our listeners as we're always looking for something to meditate on mm-hmm. each week, that the the renewing power that every day, it doesn't matter what you feel guilty about for yesterday, what conversation you think could have gone awry and you could have said it better, a way that you could have interacted with somebody better. It's okay. We have every moment every day as an opportunity to be renewed and accept God's grace and start fresh. Absolutely, absolutely. To remember that each day is a is a gift. Each day is an opportunity to to feel that that love and that amazing grace that overflows in order to make all things new. So I celebrate um, the the power of of stories and our opportunities to to tell stories. So I have uh, an article uh, where Richard Morgan provides seven principles that are important in faith stories. So I'd like to hear your thoughts about so. So number one, every life is a unique and invaluable story. So that would go to, you know, every person every day can remember that grace. So every life is a unique and invaluable story. Two, God speaks to us in our stories. So the power of, of how God is still speaking. Three, connecting our stories with God's story is the work of the Holy Spirit. So that's also a gift, that the ways through our faith that we're able to connect. That That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Four, painful memories can be healed through stories. So, so the power of naming and claiming that can, can allow us to, to move forward. Five, remembering our stories creates community and the future. So we look back to the past, we connect with others, and we're able to, to move forward into the future. Six, faith stories are the legacy we leave behind. So not only look into the future, but, but this is, is what we leave for the next generation. And seven, stories can create meaning at any age. So, so for our youngest, for our oldest, the way that we tell these stories, the way that we connect with them, it, that, that's how we create meaning. And, and the world is so much poorer without the chance to see or hear the stories of those who have discovered faith in God through Jesus Christ. 
And of course, the storyteller is enriched with the experience of telling the stories. And I think that's obvious through throughout all of those. And it, and it can't be overstated that there are so many stories that are waiting to be discovered by others, a discovery that can only be made if that story is told. So for us as people of faith, that's always linked with, with the story uh, of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and, and the stories that he told perhaps are the most powerful. And then when we retell them, we can find our place in them. I will add some science to that. Please. Um, as everyone knows, I work in communications and there's neuroscience where they've put sensors on audiences, brains and on the speaker. And they've shown that when a speaker tells a story like you often do in your sermons, Chris, the audience syncs up and the same elements of their brain light up as with the speaker. So telling a story literally puts you in sync with the person that you're wow. speaking to. And there's so much power in that, not just in the moment, but in how you remember it. So I'll just add that to the context of the power of stories. And then I think that we've personally experienced this in our Bible study and prayer groups, where we've shared testimonials, the the point about, I think it was the third gift, how the Holy Spirit influences our stories. And we've spent time in our small group um, praying that God would influence which story we choose to tell to the group. Wow. And I really have always enjoyed that practice. And I think that that's another little meditation we can share with our audience this week about, you know, if you are going to engage in an, you know, an important conversation with somebody to take that moment to just say, you know, God, how can you influence how, how I'm speaking to this person or which story I'm choosing to share right now? That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you very much for the time today. This has been a, um, a really, I think, powerful conversation. Would you like to close in prayer? So my prayer are going to be uh, song lyrics. Uh, Chris Christofferson is an important um, person for me because that's why my name is spelled with a K, the, the same as his. He has this uh, song that I think can be considered his spiritual autobiography uh, called Why Me, Lord? And I think it speaks to that uh, overwhelming power of grace that overflows and, and allows everything to be made new. So he, he wrote and, and sings this. Why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known? Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you or the kindness you've shown? So the, the chorus here is the prayer. Lord, help me, Jesus. I've wasted it so. Help me, Jesus, I know what I am. But now that I know that I've needed you so, help me, Jesus, my soul's in your hand. And in the, the second verse, he speaks about how he can show others that way, but the, but the power of, of the way that we reside in, in the grace of God that we know in Jesus Christ is such a, a gift and such an opportunity to, to share with others. May God bless this, that we might find meaning and hope in today and for tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Thank you, listeners, for joining us for this podcast from Ivanhoe Congregational Church. We are a 19th century church founded in 1838, but we want to be relevant for the 21st century. This podcast is one attempt at outreach. We hope you'll join us for worship in Mundelein, Illinois, on any Sunday morning at 10 a.m., where you can be part of our gathered community. We aim to offer a warm welcome and a meaningful message. We also welcome your feedback. You can find us on Facebook or visit our website at ivanhochurch.org. 
That's I-V-A-N-H-O-E church.org. Blessings to you with grace and peace.